Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for September 2. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. Most of us don't find it hard to imagine a safer, happier, fairer world. But the question is, how do we get there? We're told that if we change the political leaders, fix the economic systems and the schools, the courts and the security forces, the world will be a better place. But will it? Our Bible reflection today is personal relationships in a troubled world. Before the reflection, there'll be a word from Keith Getty and his promotion of the Getty Music Global Sing Conference, a selection from Psalm 105 and prayers from an Australian prayer book, 1978, will follow. A reading from Colossians 3 in the New Revised Standard Version will introduce my reflection. People involved today are Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team, and music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. And now a word from Keith Getty. Greetings, Word and Wednesday listeners. I hope you were encouraged today by our friend John Mason's message. We're here to tell you about the Sing Global Conference is happening next weekend. My name is Keith Getty, and my wife and I, Kristen, uh, have been working with our team to prepare this event. It's a merging of our Sing Conference, which many of you will have heard of, and our online learning program that we're just launching. If you sign up, you get to be part of this conference for the whole month, and also throughout the year, we're hoping to provide resources uh, for all of you as we go through what is a very challenging season. The Sing Conference, and one of the reasons we've so enjoyed uh, working with John in it, is that it's a combination of people who are theological, missiological, pastoral, with people who are creative, with people who are involved week in, week out, day in, day out in church music and helping their churches sing, helping their families sing. And so we want you to all come and enjoy the creativity and the energy and the inspiration. Connect with believers around the world and be part of the very first Sing Global. The Getty Music Global Sync Conference is currently online. It's not too late to get tickets, which last for three months. Now let me read from Psalm 105. O give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wonderful works. Glory in His holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. As we turn to prayer, let's pray as our Lord Jesus Christ has taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for this week. Almighty God, you are more ready to hear than we are to pray and constantly give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down on us the abundance of your mercy. 
for giving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Andrew Pearson will now lead us in further prayer. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. Especially we pray for the welfare of your church, that we all may be guided and governed by your good spirit, so that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. A reading from Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 through chapter 4, verse 1. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is your acceptable duty in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, or they may lose heart. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, not only while being watched and in order to please them, but wholeheartedly fearing the Lord. Whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for your masters, since you know that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You serve the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong has been done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, for you know that you also have a master in heaven." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Most of us don't find it hard to imagine a better world, but the question is, how do we get there? History is littered with the theories and experiences of political and economic ideas, but history shows that whatever the system, there is still fraud, injustice, poverty, pillaging, exploitation, sexual harassment, violence and war. The systems may change, the faces will come and go, but the scene remains the same. 
how can we point the world to a better way? The heart of the Christian message includes the idea of a new universe that has come into being and that will continue forever. Jesus' death has secured this. His resurrection assures us of it. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, we read, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. And in chapter 3, verse 1, we read, If you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts where Christ is, set your minds on heavenly things. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Paul is saying, Let the light of this resurrection state fall on everything that you say and do. For when we truly turn to Jesus Christ, our relationship with God not only changes, but Paul is telling us our relationships with one another are also to change. Now we're not going to achieve this perfectly, because we all still live in the present world. We'll disappoint one another, we won't always be as patient as we should, we won't always love one another or forgive one another, but we must work at it. When we make these qualities our goal, the world will see and wonder. But when we take on the new lifestyle as God's people, we'll become a signpost in the wider community, pointing others to the realm of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 18 through chapter 4 verse 1, Paul identifies new ways of living within our closest relationships, marriage and family life, and in the workplace. He speaks of wives submitting to their husbands, and husbands loving their wives, of children obeying their parents, and parents not provoking their children, of slaves obeying their masters, and masters treating their slaves justly and fairly. There's a counter-cultural asymmetry about the principles that Paul identifies. Now we need to understand that Paul is not speaking about a hierarchy in relationships. All men and women from every race and nation, including the unborn, are equal before God. We're all created in God's image. Paul has made this clear about the people of God, where he says in chapter 3 and verse 10, Here there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. In this section we're looking at today, Paul is setting out how God's people, as equals, are to function in their relationships. A good starting point for understanding his words is the Godhead. The Apostle John in his Gospel reveals that God exists in Trinity, one God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are equally divine, but are eternally distinct persons. There's no hierarchy within the Godhead, and yet there's an order in which they function. So the Son of God freely chose to do the Father's will in taking on human form and serving us by dying the death we deserve. Partners in a marriage, a man and a woman, share an equal status, yet are distinct persons. In this partnership, there's an intimate relationship of equals with distinct responsibilities. 
Women who have turned to Christ are called upon to recognize and honor their husband's God-given responsibility to provide leadership in godly love. Paul is certainly not saying that wives are to submit to abuse or be forced to live contrary to the Lord. Furthermore, Paul does not say to husbands, you rule. Rather, he says, husbands are to love their wives, honouring and respecting them for who they are under God. One responsibility husbands often overlook is ensuring that the Bible is read in the home. Relationship between parents and children are also important. Children are to recognise the God-given authority of their parents. And Paul is saying that this will only happen when parents don't tease and exasperate their children or give way to their every whim. Rather, parents need to treat their children with love and care and commitment, respecting their individuality, but curbing their attempts to reject authority. Paul also sets out principles for the workplace. In today's world, responsibility and relationships between employers and employees are an essential part of our living under God. For God's people, the balance of selfless and responsible attitudes and actions should be self-evident. Employees are to act responsibly, respectfully and honestly towards their employers. Employers are to be totally fair to their employees, not exploiting or abusing them. It's this sense of responsibility and accountability to people around us that is one of the gifts of God's people to the world. We may feel politically powerless, but we must never think we have nothing to contribute to the world. The restraint, the accountability that we show in our relationships, our households, and in our workplaces demonstrate that we have a Lord to whom we are accountable, and the world will notice the difference. When our lives are truly being transformed by the Spirit of God, people will see it, and under God, many will be drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.